<laughs> Delusions run strong on this podcast. Rish Outfield has them. I have them. Our guests have them. If you listen long enough, you will have delusions too. The Journey Into Podcast is proud to present this journey into a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. A journey into Star Wars. Featuring numerous delusions of grandeur. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Star Wars Delusions of Grandeur here on the Journey Into Podcast. I am Marshall Latham and I'm here with my co-host Rish Outfield. Hey there Marshall. Hey. How are you today? I'm doing good. Ready to talk some Star Wars. Staying warm, (laughs) I hope. I am. It was cold earlier, but... How cold was it? Uh, oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. We're, yeah, we're getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> uh, we also have a guest on today's show, a, a guest that has making making their debut... Sort of. What Appe- is it? Appearance. <laughs> appearance. There you go. <laughs> making her debut appearance on the Delusions of Grandeur podcast is Bria Burton. Welcome, Bria. Thank you so much. I feel really privileged to be here. Well, that won't last. <laughs> now, I, I say your debut appearance, but uh, you, your voice has been on our podcast before. That is true, yeah. In the form of voicemail, talking about The Mandalorian, mostly. I, I, I call you guys a lot. <laughs> so, <laughs> Bria, do you also do Mon Mothma's voice? That's me too, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's from way back at the beginning of the podcast. I was thinking that that was like when you first started and you, I think I just like gave that to you too. I was like, oh, here you go. I just felt like saying this. Yeah, I don't remember how that, if I asked you or if you just offered it up. I think when you announced you were going to do that, it occurred to me like, oh, that'd be a fun creative commons to have her talking about how many Bothans died to bring us that information. <laughs> that is, maybe we'll have you do one where your Princess Leia saying, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know, and it's the hologram and we'll do something like that. Oh, sure. Yeah, I'd be up for that. Definitely. Uh, so we uh, had you on here because you helped us out with a sketch that we're going to play later in the show. Uh, you were gracious enough to help us out with that, and we thought, well, why not just keep you on for a whole episode? So, thanks for coming on. Yeah, that was fun to be to be part of the live recording, and then yeah, just be able to talk to you guys because I I do listen to you as much as I get behind on the podcast because I have a toddler. Um, I do catch up and and eventually listen to every episode. So, you're our number one fan. We appreciate that. <laughs> our only fan (laughs) i understand it's midnight it's past midnight where you are it is it is a little late here i am in florida so it's it's um eastern time zone and the time change was potentially going to be problematic but i took a nap so that that helps me i actually take (laughs) lots i'm a nap person when my son naps 
that's sometimes what I do too. And I'll get stuff done or I'll nap, <laughs> depending on the day. <laughs> well, I, I thank you for staying up so late, even if you had a nap. As you know, Marshall and I can talk about Star Wars for hours and hours. And sometimes I forget that he has to be up with the sunrise. Mm -hmm. he, he will post these pictures of the sunrise every week on Facebook and I, it's so alien to me. I'm just like, a, a, a what, right? <laughs> and so I'll be talking to him at like one in the morning, not knowing that, you know, five and a half hours later, he has to be up. Uh, but thank you for making the sacrifice as well. Sure. Yeah, I, I probably, I mean, I would be so uh, honored if you ever asked me to do this again, but I'm not sure how frequently I could visit <laughs> with the time. <laughs> that might be challenging, but yeah, hopefully... I won't fall asleep on you guys. I don't I don't think so. I think we are similar in that. I feel like I could talk about Star Wars for a long time and not get tired of it, not get bored. <laughs> well, that's good because I, I was going to ask you a question that we used to ask when we first started the show. But we, I don't think we've asked many of our guests because we haven't had new people on the show. But uh, we used to ask everybody, well, what's your Star Wars story? How did you first see Star Wars? You know, what was the first thing that captured your attention and kept you coming back? And so what what is your Star Wars story? I'll tell you. Um, my family are big Star Wars fans. So I grew up watching it from a young age. I was born in 82. So I do not know the actual age that I was when I first watched it, but pretty little, like probably six or seven. I just remember loving it instantly, but also watching it so many times, it's hard to even remember that very first impression. And we had a projector unit where you could project movies. And we had this big wall in our living room that we would watch movies on. And as a family, it was like our kind of weekly tradition to watch some, you know, fun movie. And Star Wars was like a lot of the time that's what we would watch like one well, I say 1, 2 and 3, uh, sorry. 4, 5 and 6. <laughs> but that was just such a happy time <laughs> for my family cuz we all loved it and yeah, we'd have friends come over and create a big living room you know, just everybody all over watching Star Wars. And that's kind of my starting point of just enjoying it. And and I think I mentioned to you both that I have not read any of the novels, which is probably a little shameful, but <laughs> I would like to. And it's one of those I just haven't done it yet. But the movies are, you know, primarily where my love of Star Wars comes from is those original, the original trilogy. And when the I can't remember the year, but whatever year the edited version what did what did they call the, the special edition the special edition, I remember thinking, "Oh, how cool, and seeing something just extra and different was fun at the time now i I really miss that original theatrical version, and my dad to this day i I'm really glad he did this, but he's he still has his original VHS tapes with the theatrical versions, and they're not easy to find now. But uh, eventually, the, you know, the prequels came out, and we watched them all. And I remember enjoying them in the theater, but kind of like watching them once and not 
not having that same experience of like wanting to just get the whole family together and watch it over and over and over. And I feel like one of you or maybe both of you have talked about the hindsight that is thinking back on the prequels and how they in so many ways don't work very well. And that became true for me too, was like, I really was excited to see the Phantom Menace and it it became a, a fun thing to go do and like had fun in the theater watching it. But the rewatch rewatchability is that a word (laughs) it was it is now it's low it's low for the prequels for me and i could probably watch the originals many many more times and be content to do that so when you were talking about when you first saw them as a kid with your family and did you just kind of watch all three movies as one big thing or did you just watch the first movie first and then later on watch the Empire Strikes Back. That's yeah, and I I wish I could remember that specific timeline because I'm thinking that I must have watched all three within a short period of time. Like I think, I think I must have, but I'm not positive because I I can't even remember like specifically the moment when Empire Strikes Back that Luke's like hanging there and Darth Vader tells him spoiler alert <laughs> I am your father <laughs> and I remember watching it later and knowing and thinking that is ah, that's just even now it's so crazy it's such a powerful moment but I don't remember that very first heart stopping what could that be true so yeah I don't have as much of that initial like did you actually see the movies in the theater? I know you both have talked about it. Yeah, I, I saw them in order um, in the theater. I didn't see Star Wars in its first release. I saw it later in the second release. But yeah, I, I saw them in the theater. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, so I don't think I saw any of them in the theater just just at at home. I've always been intrigued by Rish's perspective because he saw the return of the jedi first and i was like well that's yeah kind of a that's right okay neat way to think uh to experience the movies but yeah i'm pretty sure i saw them in order that's something like my dad would have made sure because he's very like you need to see it the right way like, <laughs> i think he would have made sure that, that that's how we watched it between my two parents my dad is the huge science fiction fan so he, he really i think drove that for our family of of making sure we just got to fall in love with Star Wars because we would watch it a lot. So you got really gotten into The Mandalorian, Bria. Who is it that you watch that with? I do watch that with my husband. He, My husband is not a Star Wars fan, so that is like confession time. Um, he <laughs> He is... He did not grow up with it. So like, I think he first saw it as an adult and somebody like a mutual friend of ours had him watch it from the prequels forward. Like he literally watched it in the one, two, three, four order. And I was like, no, that's the wrong way to watch. (laughs) And I'm, I guess I'm like my dad in that, like there is a right way (laughs) to watch it. I'm so sorry if you can hear my dog barking in the background. So when Mandalorian was was coming out and just to to give like 
um, a little story about about when it came out. I went to, um, M- oh gosh, I was going to say MGM, Hollywood Studios in Orlando um, with a friend, and we saw the Galaxy's Edge area that was fairly new at the time. It was 2019 that we went. And at the time, the lines for the new rides were so long. We just, we didn't even do them. We just walked through because we wanted to see it and, you know, took a bunch of pictures. And at that time, I want to say it was October of 2019 and Mandalorian came out in November. So I was seeing basically... I'm not positive. I should probably look this up while I'm talking about it, but I'm pretty sure the setting of like Galaxy's Edge has a lot of influence from the Mandalorian. And it kind of, I thinking back, it's like, it reminded me of Navarro, like the planet. And so just had that vibe. Like when you walk through the Galaxy's Edge, it's, there's a place that actually does look like where the armorer creates the, the armor for the Mandalorian. There's a, I don't know what it's called, the the <laughs> the blacksmith place, like, but that's not the word. A forge. The forge. Yes, thank you. That was there. There was a place for that. And at the time, walking through, I had no idea that's what that was. I just knew, oh, there's like something where they make armor, but I didn't yet connect it to the Mandalorian because I it hadn't come out yet. And that Halloween, so the, this would have been mid-October. And then on Halloween, I actually dressed up as Princess Leia in, in the white dress that she wears for New Hope. And my son, I had the, I had found this little Yoda kind of for kids outfit. And so he was Yoda and we were trick-or-treating. But later when we actually watched the first episode of The Mandalorian, it was like, <gasps> Baby Yoda. And I, you know, that moment for me was not spoiled as I heard later a lot of people who hadn't seen it say at the, you know, right when it was released, they were all the, all the memes and all the baby Yodas appearing all over the internet spoiled that moment for a lot of people. I didn't get spoiled of that moment. So I just, I was like grabbing my husband's shoulder, like, Oh my gosh, it's look at it, it's a little Yoda. I was just having a moment. <laughs> And he was kind of like, okay, but he, but he actually does enjoy the show quite a lot because he's like, well, it, it's good storytelling, like it's enjoyable, and and as much as he's generally not a science fiction fantasy fan in general, he could enjoy a good show that's told, you know, good storytelling. So he, you know, he's watched all the episodes with me and everything. But then I was able to kind of like go back and retro. Like, oh, well, Luke was Baby Yoda for Halloween, my son, <laughs> because we didn't know he was Baby Yoda, but like it's, it just worked. It worked out well that way. Hey, I wanted to ask you about Galaxy's Edge. Neither Marshall nor I have, have had a chance to see that. And I don't think we've had anybody on that has seen it. Okay. Were there people walking around in costume? Like I've seen people with their video cameras go there and there's Kylo Ren walking around and there's a girl dressed as Rey running around and there's a bunch of stormtroopers. Did you see any of that kind of thing? No. Gosh. <laughs> you know, 2020 feels like five years have passed, right? So I mentioned it was 2019. It feels so much longer ago. <laughs> so I'm trying to remember now, <laughs> looking back, 
I don't recall a lot of people in costume. I did. I took a bunch of pictures of just like the scenery and the Millennium Falcon is there and there's TIE Fighter and there's uh, X-Wing and there's all sorts of different sights to see. And when, when my friend and I went, I don't recall a lot of people dressed up. But we also kind of like had in our heads like, you know, we're going to come back later because we live in Florida and we can visit this more frequently than a lot of other people. And because it was fairly new, we knew the lines for all the rides would be crazy and that we could come back in the future and just ride the line, do the lines when when it was much shorter and um, kind of spoiled that way by living closer to theme parks. But we walked through the whole thing but didn't spend a ton of time with the with the intention of going back. So if there were people dressed up, I think I I didn't notice much of that. But they did, it's it's cool. Like they really did a good job. The scale of it I think impressed me too because sometimes you go for example, I actually grew up going to Disneyland cuz I'm from the Northwest originally. So we would drive down to Disneyland and I know you guys have talked about or maybe Rish has talked about like Disneyland is where you would go. And it is scale wise, it just feels so much smaller than Disney World. And so that I don't know in terms of what they built in the California park, because they did do a Galaxy's Edge there too, right? Right. Okay. Yes. But yes. It's my understanding that it is a lot smaller. Just everything at Disneyland is smaller because it was already a town right. in 55 when they built Disneyland. Yes, yeah. Whereas in the 70s when they built Disney World, a lot of that was swamp and undeveloped and they could just build as big as they wanted to, which was really, really smart. Yeah, so they, they own so much property around Orlando, yeah, that they, they can do a lot more scale it's a nice big area that you just feel really immersed in it. So I found it to be really, really cool. And one day <laughs> I look forward to doing the rides because it was at the end of, you know, 2019 that I went. I have not been to Disneyland or sorry, Disney World either. I haven't been to either of the Disney parks since the pandemic. So they've been open though, right? I think Disney World has been open for a little bit. Yes. I don't know when they opened, but yes, it's been open for a while. And this is why I wanted to have a disclaimer because I was like, if I talk about masks and you guys don't want that on your podcast. No, no, no. Let's, oh. let's talk about it. <laughs> anyway, so for example, you have to wear a mask outside. And when I went, okay, so if you're familiar with theme parks in general. There is a theme park called Bush Gardens that's pretty close to me in Tampa. So I have I have a pass to Bush Gardens and I go there like many, many more times than I go to Disney because I do not have Disney passes and Disney is so much more expensive. So um Bush Gardens is just it's close to me. It it's convenient. It's way cheaper and it's hard to compare the two in the sense of like Bush Gardens, you go and you get to ride like really thrilling roller coasters and it's, it's very fun. Um, and they have like more of a zoo environment where there's tons of animals and it's just, it's a really neat theme park. Um, very different in, in the sense Disney is like you, 
you almost feel like you're walking into the movies you grew up loving and and that's just its own thing. But at Bush Gardens last year, um, when they opened up and were allowing people to come in, they had the same thing. Like you had to wear a mask outside. And I was there with my son in July. And if you can imagine July in Florida, it, it can be pretty miserable without a mask on. <laughs> so um, it was pretty bad. And I was just like, oh, yeah, I don't want to do this. Like, this is not fun. So that just kind of in the back of my mind was like, yeah, I probably won't get back to Disney World until you can go there without having to wear a mask outside. That's kind of where I'm just going to kind of wait. I can wait it out. It's it's not too bad. Yeah that, yeah, that makes sense. And then also I'm assuming they limit how many people can go. I believe so. Is it like 25% like or 50%? Yeah, and or... I'm, not, I'm not sure what the percentages are. Since I'm not bothering to go, it's like I haven't even looked up what rules they are setting or what, what rules have been set either for them or by them. Um, so I do know, yes, you have to like register because it's the, it was the same at Bush Gardens. I had to register for the day that I was going, like essentially signing up to say, yes, I'm coming on this day with this many people so that they can say, well, yes, we have enough space for you to come. So I believe Disney World is doing the same thing. Hmm. Yeah, Disneyland in Anaheim, is opening mid-April, but it's 15% of capacity. Oh, wow. Which seems like a really small number. But but at the same time, imagine if you could go to Disneyland or Disney World and only 15% of the people that are normally there are there. You could just go on every ride over and over and over. I could see the appeal to that, (laughs) for sure. And it might be easier, you know, in California... It wouldn't be as humid, maybe, wearing a mask outside. It'd still be hot in the summer, but maybe not in April. Well, yeah, in April. It, so. In April, it probably wouldn't be too bad. So you've said a couple times, and I know from talking to you previously, your son's name is Luke. So I was wondering, since you said your husband isn't a Star Wars fan, is that uh, based on Luke Skywalker or something else? Technically, no. <laughs> So, so I mentioned my husband is not a Star Wars fan, and he's not generally speaking into science fiction fantasy. So when we were talking about a name, and I've always liked that name, it's not just because of Star Wars. Like, I actually did, since I was young, um, I've liked the name Luke. And so he was like, I can only agree to this if it's not just because of Luke Skywalker. <laughs> and so I told him, it's really not. Like I have I have a cousin who is more like, she's like a sister to me and her name would have been Luke if she was a boy. And so I, I remember that story, my aunt telling me. So I went, well, that's when I first heard the name Luke, I think, and was like, huh, well, I like that name. Maybe I'll use that name when I, if I have any kids. But it, of course, his other condition was, and like the middle name cannot be something like Skywalker. <laughs> I said, no, I, I won't try to push for that. <laughs> so. so if you have a daughter, you won't name her Leia? No, we, we would not do that. <laughs> <laughs> 
So at the beginning of the episode, I talked a little bit about the sketch that we did for the for the podcast and that you were so gracious to help us out with. So maybe we can play that for the audience or and then we can talk about it and, and uh, what we thought about it. And maybe we'll talk about other things based on that. So uh, our two. Okay, what's, what's it called? What is it called? Oh, <laughs> the name of the sketch is Hoth 105. Uh, so uh, R2, play back the entire message. Hoth 105 by Marshall Latham. With help from Rich Outfield. Okay, Rebels, rise and shine. And don't forget your bantha booties because it's cold out there today. It's cold out there every day. What is this, Tatooine? (laughs) Not hardly. You can expect hazardous travel later today with that uh, blizzard thing. That blizzard thing? Uh, Here's the report. The Echo Base Weather Service is calling for a big blizzard thing. They are. But there's another reason why today is especially exciting. Especially cold. The big question on everybody's lips. On their chapped lips. Who do you think the princess will ask to the tree ceremony on Friday? That's Princess Leia Organa to you. That's right, intrepid rebels. It's It's almost almost life day! Get out there and hug a tree. Come here, tree! (laughs) (laughs) Good morning, Echo Base. You're listening to Hoth 105, your station for the most in news, music, and engaging conversation. It's Mo and Joe in the morning here on Hoth 105. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. Ha, that's bootleg audio from the Death Star, kids. Hey there, this is Mo and Joe in the morning. I'm Mo. And I'm Joe. And my question is... Where are they going to get a life day tree on this forsaken iceberg? (laughs) Good point. This ain't Kashyyyk. Maybe they'll make an ice sculpture of a tree. I I don't know, man. I'm not convinced on this whole Rebel Alliance adoption of life day as a holiday. Uh, It feels like we are stealing it from the Wookiees. And it's not particularly smart to steal from a Wookiee. He'll steal your head right off your shoulders. Uh, That's a stellar legend, Mo. Besides, more importantly, Life Day is a sacred occasion to them. Well, apparently, the princess herself attended a Life Day celebration on Kashyyyk, and she liked it so much, she thought it would make a great celebration for the Alliance. I also heard that she was higher than a Yavin lookout tower, if you get my drift. Your snow drift? (laughs) Somebody spiked her back to fluid, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Yes, we all know what you mean. But we don't want to start any rumors. Oh, of course not. Princess Leia wants Life Day to be a celebration of hope. Well, we do need some of that, especially out here in this galactic meat locker. Ah, did did your thermal pack go out again? Oh, it sure did. My bunk was so cold. Uh, I say, my bunk was so cold... Uh, All right. How cold was it? (laughs) It was so cold 
I had to put on my LCDs. LCDs? What are those? Oh, you know, my long cotton drawers. Oh, man, that, that's bad. Let's... Uh, no, no, no. It was so cold, I chipped a tooth on my bowl of soup. Well, you're not supposed to eat the bowl. No, you moof milker. I made a bowl of hot soup, and by the time I ate it, it was... Ah, you know, making me explain the joke kind of kills it. Oh, right. That was the problem. You don't understand, Mo. It was so cold, I had to kick a hole in the air just to get outside. <laughs> okay, that's a good one. I think we ought to go out on that. Uh, let's get back to the question at hand. Oh, you mean the stuff about the snow sharks? The what? The snow sharks. There have been reports of destroyed outposts and mutilated tauntauns. Nobody knows what's causing them. But there are some crewmen who have claimed to have witnessed creatures who move through the snow like a shark swims through water. Ha <laughs> ha, very funny. Look, there are snow lizards, right? So why not snow sharks? Ah, because it's impossible. You'd think. But there's got to be more life on this planet than tauntauns. They are sparse enough that they, they, they must have natural predators. And you think they are snow sharks? Hey, man, I, I'm just reporting what I've heard. What do you think it is? I have no idea. But that's not what I was planning to talk about. What could be more interesting than snow sharks? Well, you know, I was going back to our opening prompt. Who do you think Princess Leia is dating? Well, there are really only two contenders. Unless you count the Wookiee. What, Chewbacca? Yeah, I can, I can never say his name correctly. It's easy. Chew-ba-ka. Chewbacca. Chewbacca. Oh, you're right, though. I, you know, I hadn't thought of Chewbacca. Uh, maybe the princess is into furries. You know, what's he hiding under all that fur? Wait a minute. Maybe Ch uh, Chukbakta was the one who spiked the Bakta fluid on Kashyyyk, huh? <laughs> I don't think so. But, but seriously, there's only the two choices. The heroes of Yavin, right? You know, some would say that all the pilots that attacked the Death Star were heroes, especially those who lost their lives. Well, yeah, of course, but, but I'm talking about the two guys that got the medals. Well, then Chuse, the Wookiee, is definitely out. Uh, I was there for the medal ceremony, you know. Yeah, we've had this conversation before. I was there, too. Everybody was there, Joe. Whatever. We are talking about Han Solo, the sexy smuggler, and Luke Skywalker, the forgettable farm boy. Forgettable? Sounds like you're playing your Sobic cards early. Are you putting money on Solo? I'm not a betting man, Mo, but uh, Solo is the obvious choice here. He's got roguish charm and rugged good looks. He's been around a time or two. I'm sure he knows how to show a girl a good time. If you know what I mean. Sure, he's the guy you go to if you need something shady. He might show a girl a good time, but he'll probably split as soon as things get dicey. If you're looking for someone who's trustworthy, Skywalker is your man. Yeah, but he is so boring. And have you seen his haircut? Hey man, for, forget his haircut. He blew up the Death Star. 
He saved our lives with seconds to spare. Ah, uh, the kid got lucky. Uh, we all got lucky that day. Look, look, all I'm saying is, how hard is it to hit a power regulator in a snub fighter? Well, others tried and failed. He's the only one who made the shot. Which he would not have been able to do if Han Solo hadn't taken care of those TIE fighters on his tail. Blondie would have been stardust. Yeah, but where was Han Solo during those early attack runs? I heard he took the money and split. Uh, strategy, my friend. It was a surprise attack. Uh, I don't know about that. Did you know Solo used to do various off-the-books runs for Black Sun? Not to mention the Huts. Why would a guy like that be given any position in the Alliance, much less a leadership role? Uh, there are rumors about your golden boy as well. He carries around some kind of laser sword and fancies himself to be some sort of Jedi. And my dad told me stories about them guys. Not all of them good. Sure, if you believe the Empire propaganda. Besides, there are no more Jedi. <laughs> Tell that to Skywalker. He's got delusions of grandeur. Now, my sources tell me he claimed to use some kind of magic powers to destroy the Death Star. <laughs> Are those the same sources telling you about snow sharks? Well, I'm telling you, there's something out there. Right. Well, I, I think we need more than just the two of us old crusties to make a determination. We need Mara to weigh in on this. Yeah, Mara. Come on up here. Let's get your take. Do I have to? Yes, please. We we need a female perspective on this. Uh, while, while we're getting Mara set up here, uh, Mara is an intern here at the studio. Uh, she's been working with us for a couple of months. Say hello to Mara Hosal, everybody. Hello. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Well, not really. This is unexpected. Ah, come on. We're harmless. Well, I am, at least. So, Mara, what's your take on this? Who is Princess Leia dating? First of all, I have to say that it is a bit demeaning that you're only focusing on Leia, and you only refer to her as a princess. Well, she is a princess. Yes, by the birthright of her planet, which was completely destroyed, by the way. You need to be a little bit more sensitive. Joe's the sensitive one. That's right. I cry myself to sleep every night because I'm so lonely. Not only is she a princess, but she is a leader of the Rebel Alliance. Why aren't you speculating about who's hooking up with General Riken? By the way, he is from Alderaan, too. Maybe he's dating Leia. No way. He's too old. Happens all the time. And he does have striking blue eyes. Oh, come on. Uh, you have to admit, Mara, the story behind Solo, Skywalker, and Leia, and their connection, it's irresistibly intriguing. All I'm saying is that Leia deserves your respect. Well, you're right about that. I, I respect all women. I... Just wish there were more of them on Echo Base. There's more of us here than you think. Really? You want to introduce me to some of your friends? No way. Uh, saving me for yourself, huh? <laughs> I get that. 
Never. Mar is looking for someone who's more sophisticated. You know, I'm pretty sophisticated. <laughs> Not a chance. <laughs> oh, you're hurting my feelings. Anyway, since we are spreading rumors, I heard a rumor that Princess Leia was seen arguing with Han Solo last night in the South Passage. Something about a kiss. <laughs> Boom! There you go. It's the princess and the smuggler. Maybe. So, Mara, if you were the princess, who would you choose? That's easy. I'd pick Skywalker. Really? But I took you for more of a bad boy sort of girl. Uh, nope. I'm a simple girl from Dantooine. I would love to settle down with a young, sandy-haired farm boy. He's full of idealism and hope. I could jump all over that. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, and the whole Jedi mumbo-jumbo doesn't give you pause? No, it kind of intrigues me. Really? I don't mind a little mystery as long as I'm the one who gets to unravel it. Oh, is it getting hot in here? Oh, sorry, it's just Mara here. Cool off, woman. That shouldn't be too hard on this planet. <laughs> You're telling me it's so cold. Oh, well, let's not start that again. Oh, by the way, Joe, I have to set you straight on something. Uh-oh. Regarding the attack on the Death Star, Luke didn't just shoot a power regulator. It was a small thermal exhaust port at the bottom of a service trench. The target area was only two meters wide, and it was ray-shielded, so only a proton torpedo could get through. Wow, how do you know all that? It's my hobby. I love to read all of the technical specs and intelligence reports. What are you doing working as an intern for the base radio station? I like the calf. Huh. What is that? Okay, hand it over. Don't you think? Okay. Uh-oh. Here, here. Uh, uh, sorry there, folks. Uh, uh, we're just getting some breaking news. Apparently, it involves the, the very people we're talking about, but it's much more serious in nature. Um, we're, uh, what we're getting from the news feed is that Luke Skywalker went missing last night while out on a patrol. Uh, when he didn't report in, Han Solo uh, took out a Tauntaun to search for him, and uh, neither of them returned before the blast doors were closed. Oh, that's terrible. It's highly unlikely that they'd survive the night. Once the sun goes down, it gets so cold. Well, how cold is it? Joe, Joe, this is serious. I'm, I'm sorry, it's a reflex. It gets cold enough to freeze an unprotected tauntaun solid in under an hour. I've seen it. Well, hopefully they found shelter. I guess there are A-wings out there scouring the area right now. Actually, Mo, the A-wing engines won't work in the sub-freezing atmosphere of Hoth. Major Durlin retrofitted half a dozen speeders into two-man snow speeders. That's probably what they are using to look for Commander Skywalker and Captain Solo. Okay. Sorry, it's a reflex. <clears throat> I'm, I'm being told that we're going to move the coverage over to the news desk. Uh, before we leave, though, I 
I want to say, our, our former banter aside, Captain Solo has done a great deal for the Rebellion in this last year or so. He would be a great loss to our fight against the Empire. Yes, and, and Luke Skywalker is a true hero. Let us all hope that these two great men are found alive and well. I certainly hope so. Uh, that's all from us today. Uh, we've been Mo and Joe in the morning here on Hoth 105. I'm Mo. And and I'm Joe. Mara, go. Oh, and I'm Mara. Good morning. Yes, good morning. And may the Force be with you. Hoth 105. The voice of Echo Base. So, so Mara, you're telling me it's colder on Hoth than it is out in space. <laughs> so there you go. There's uh, there's Hoth 105, the Star Wars sketch. Now, this, this is a new thing because typically if we have a Star Wars sketch on the show... It's because Rish had the incentive and, and wrote something creative for the podcast. Uh, this time, I, I had the inspiration to write Hoth 105, but it was a process that, that we kind of went back and forth with Rish. I kind of wrote the opening draft of it, and Rish made some suggestions, and I worked that back in, and then uh, it was kind of a little bit of back and forth there, but... After reading it so many times, I wonder how it'll play off on the show, but uh, I won't know until uh, we play it. But thanks for helping us out with that, Bria. Yeah, my pleasure. I I thought it was fun. I I think the idea of having a radio station on Hoth is like that. That's just a fun premise and you can go a long way with just continuing that like it sounds like you want to do. So I look forward to, to even more of these. Yeah, as I was writing, I thought, you know. We could keep this going as a bit and have uh, these DJs play at various stages along the uh, original trilogy of movies. So in the future, we should be bringing you more. I guess it won't be Hoth 105. We'll have to figure out an appropriate title for the next installment of this. Yeah. What? Where did the rebels go after they evacuated Hoth, do you think? Has that ever been established? I don't know. I I was thinking about that. I I think it's they're just kind of like Battlestar Galactica, a ragtag bunch of starships out out in space. I don't know if they have a base necessarily after that until after Return of the Jedi, but I don't know. I guess I haven't read any novels or anything that has laid that out for me. Cloud City 105 has kind of a nice ring to it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that works. <laughs> People who are listening, let us know uh, if you want to see more of these. But yeah, we, we had a couple of ideas for where the next one could go. And it was neat to see you uh, come up with an idea. I think you pitched it to me months ago. And then before I knew it, you had just written it out. And uh, and here we are. Here we are. <laughs> so, Bria, you know, there's a lot of speculation in the sketch of Princess Leia going to go for Han or Luke? And of course, we know the outcome based on the movies. But as a fan of the franchise, are you a a Luke girl or a Han girl? 
I am a Luke girl, so you you got that one right for <laughs> casting me as Mara. <laughs> well, I even thought because I've even though I've never read the novels, like I had to confess to everyone, I know there is a character named Mara Jade who I guess marries Luke in some alternate type of universe, is that right? That's true. And I thought about going that far, but I did I decided not to uh not to go with Mara Jade, but uh, gave her a different last name. So she's not meant to be Mara Jade. No, but I, I stuck with the with Mara. Yeah, as far as I can remember, Mara Jade was like a spy for Emperor Palpatine that uh, was sent, I believe, to assassinate Luke Skywalker at Jabba's palace. After he escaped Vader on Cloud City. And so she went undercover to Jabba's palace as like a dancing girl, just waiting for Luke to come try and rescue Han. And that's, I suppose, where they first met. She, Am, am I right there? Or was she undercover as a rebel before then? No, I think that was the the premise is that she, I think her title, I believe, was The Emperor's Hand. And she was kind of on assignment directly from him to kill Luke on uh, Tatooine. But is she is she actually a rebel or she turns to the light side? Yeah, she eventually falls in love with Luke or t- and turns to the good side. Yeah, see, I liked the idea that the Emperor didn't trust Vader to kill Luke. He Or, you know, he assumed that Vader would try and team up with Luke to overthrow the Emperor. And so he had sent her as a failsafe, not to convert Luke to the dark side, but to kill Luke. And then I think she can't go out on the sail barge with Jabba because she did something to displease Jabba. And so she's stuck at the palace when the whole escape thing happens out at the Sarlacc pit. Right? Uh, now, Now my memory's getting too faded, I think. To remember quite what happened there. Do you know the name of the book that she appears in? Yes, yeah, she, she's in Heir to the Empire. I'm putting it on my reading list. <laughs> yeah, it was the very first Timothy Zahn book. It was about 1990 or 91. I think it was 91. Yep. And yeah. it was during that period when there hadn't been any new Star Wars anything. And uh, he put out this book, and it's the one that introduces Grand Admiral Thrawn as this big villain who's going to pursue Luke Skywalker. And and it introduced her, and eventually uh, that character really caught on, and they fell in love, and she continued on into all of these books. They got married, they had some kids together, but then eventually all that stuff was done away with. And as far as I know, Mara Jade is not part of any of the continuity anymore. Yet. Yeah, I mean she's never she's never appeared in any of the TV or movie content. Yeah, she she hasn't shown up in the in the new Disney canon at all. But they did bring Thrawn back and they've brought a couple other things from the books in. So I, I guess it's possible. I, I just it's too bad because I liked the idea that Luke had a family and he found somebody that loved him and he he got to have a happy ending. Instead of being space monk forever, you know? Yeah, yeah. So you talk about regretting not having read the novels. And as one who's read several, you know, there are some great 
novels out there, but there are some really bad ones as well. So you kind of have, it's kind of a minefield you have to kind of walk through a little bit. Oh, good to know. <laughs> but yes, that Thrawn trilogy, the, the original one from Timothy Zahn, um, is really good. It starts with Heir to the Empire, and then I think it's Dark Force Rising. And I can't remember the third book. Last Command or something like that. That sounds it's right. A, the Last Command. Yeah. Yeah, I think the best book I've read is the one that I talked about here on the show. It's uh, the Star Wars Battlefront book about the just the rebels. Uh, was it? I've already forgotten what the name of the squad was. <laughs> we had a whole episode about it. We did. Isn't that weird that I can't remember? Don't get old, folks. But uh, that was the best one that I read. I loved that book. And I think the one that I liked the least was one called, oh, shoot, Rogue Planet by Greg Bear. I, I just found it super, super boring. I think my least favorite is A Truce at Bakura. I, I just did not like that one at all. I'll be messaging on uh, the Patreon when I'm re picking up books and going, okay, guys, what about this one? <laughs> Is it worth it? <laughs> yeah, just, well, just go to the library yeah, uh, and, yeah. and you can grab them. It doesn't cost you anything. I, I love the idea of all of these other little stories going on when our main characters are having their adventures that we know about. And so that Mara Jade stuff that she was there in Jabba's palace Maybe just like a face that you see for a split second in the background, you know. But she had this whole backstory and this whole thing. And later she comes for revenge for Luke Skywalker because she believes that Luke murdered the Emperor, who right. was kind of her father figure type influence in her life. And Luke tries to explain to her that, you know, I, I'm a good person and the Emperor was not. And I think she has the opportunity to kill Luke and decides... No, he's right. He This is a good guy. Marshall, you may correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> I think that's correct as far as I can remember. It's been a long time. I have them sitting on my shelf. I should probably pick them up and read them again. But it sounds like Thrawn, Grand Admiral Thrawn, is going to be the villain in the Ahsoka series. And uh, they've already cast him. A guy named Lars Mikkelsen is playing him. And what's interesting is Lars Mikkelsen was the voice of Thrawn on the uh, Star Wars Rebels cartoon. And so... Ah, okay. That makes sense. They just said, well, you were his voice. Why don't you be his face as well? So it's not going to be Robert Downey Jr. then? Oh, that would be interesting. <laughs> well, is that a rumor you <laughs> I, I saw a website that was speculating that. Yeah, I think that that would just raise the budget so high on a show that's already super expensive because of the special effects, it would have to be one of those where Robert Downey Jr. just loves it and says, oh, I'll do it for nothing. Yeah, that, that'd be fun. <laughs> so, Bria, I don't know if you heard our show about all the, the future shows coming out. but uh... Yes, I was able to catch up that far. So I think I am caught up on the the this podcast. So what what show are you most looking forward to seeing of the new shows? I, gosh, I don't know. I certainly am interested in the Ahsoka show. I liked her character a lot. Um, when she came on, I didn't know a lot about her. I think I talked about that in a phone call. And she's she's very interesting character to, to me from the little that I do know. A lot of the rest of them, I can't say I'm like dying to watch any of them. And this is where like... 
we might go off the rails and you might need to redirect, but I can't say I'm like as excited about Mandalorian anymore because I really loved Cara Dune. Um, oh, Cara Dune. Okay. Yeah. I thought you were going to say the child. If the child's not on it, I'm not on it. Well, that's kind of, yes. I mean, I will watch it. I'm sure I will watch it and I will probably watch most of these. But uh, yeah, my excitement level went way down with the whole Gina Carano thing. And I have to confess, I was pretty mad. But the child, if we don't see him at all anymore, if, if this is just some kind of explanation for Luke being off training him and you know, we we don't see it because it happens off screen. Yeah, I, it's going to make the show f- have a different feel, I guess. And that's not necessarily good or bad. That's just we'll have to see. And I've been very impressed with what John Favreau has done. So I imagine he can continue to make compelling stories from from the character. But yeah, Grogu was was like a huge draw for me. And then I really like... As far as a human character, Cara Dune was my favorite human character on the show. So knowing she won't be showing up anymore and Grogu may or may not appear. I mean, I suppose they could have episodes where like there's some reason that we need to see what's happening with him. But it's all a big question mark. I agree that it's a question mark. I wonder, I mean, how important is it that Gina Carano play Cara Dune is it the character that you like or is it the actress that you like if somebody new showed up and they said oh uh, Cara it's been a while what what would your reaction be so because of the controversy surrounding it all I would be upset by that particular thing if there wasn't any controversy and she had just chosen to leave the show and they recast her I don't know. That's often a tough one because I remember seeing some kind of like reveal that Eric Stoltz was was originally thought of as Marty McFly. And like that to me is a totally different movie if that actor had been Marty McFly. Do you know what I mean? But it doesn't mean... I do. And yeah, he he originally played Marty McFly because NBC wouldn't let Michael J. Fox out of its out of his contract for Family Ties, and they shot for a couple of weeks, and it just wasn't working. Part of it is Eric Stoltz is just a much more confident, a much bigger guy, and they said that in the scenes with Biff, he didn't seem like he was threatened by Biff, and in the scenes where he's interacting with George McFly. He was just a bigger, older-looking guy than George McFly. They just it, it wasn't working, and so eventually they did replace him. But it changes the feel, I would think. I mean, part of what works on that show is just how charming Michael J. Fox is, and that yes. you believe him right. as a normal teenager, an everyman. I, oh my gosh, I wanted to be Michael J., or Michael J. Fox. <laughs> I wanted to be Marty McFly. Yeah, yeah, and I guess I connect that same sentiment with with Gina Carano when I first saw her I think was in Deadpool yeah I think that's the first time I ever saw her and was just kind of like she is just interesting to me like she is 
tough and she legitimately looks like she can beat up men. And a lot of women do not legitimately look like that, even when they try to special effects things to where they make it work in movies. But, um, but you, I believe it when, when I watch her and I watched a movie called Haywire that she was in. I was just like, my jaw was on the floor watching her do these fight scenes. And so to watch her as Cara Dune was like, and having heard that she did, she was because John Favreau created the character based on her as an actress. It just, it was like, it just fit really well. And I, I liked what her character brought to the show. All the social media aside, I think, she has this incredible presence on screen and I really like her as, as an actress. So yeah, it, I'm not sure if like when you guys talked about Rangers of the Republic, I'm also not sure if that was meant to be like her spinoff show. I don't know. I, time I'm sure will either that show will not happen or it'll just become some other character, like maybe the, um, the Marshall character maybe becomes his show. I don't know if there's much Thank you. more. Yeah. If there's much more information than when you guys talked about it on the episode, but um... a little bit has come out that that was intended to be a show for her. Oh, it okay. She was, it was. Cara Dune was going to be the, the leader of these Rangers of the New Republic. Ah, okay. And the show is still going forward, but with someone else. Okay. And I I don't know if that someone else will be Cara Dune, just with a different face, or if they'll just come up with a new character with a new backstory that basically does what Cara would have done on that. But uh, they didn't announce it at the the investor meeting in December because they were already having problems I don't know, I guess controlling her, I guess, is the easiest way to say it. And she was pushing back. And so they just announced the name of the show and nothing about it. It still sounds like it's going to go forward, but boy, it's going to feel very different. And uh, yeah, I, we haven't talked about the controversy and her firing on the show. I, I didn't know whether we should or not, but I also really liked Cara Dune. She was a hard character, you know, mean but you could tell that there was a softness to her underneath, and that made me like her. There, there was a sympatheticness to her, despite the fact that she had arms way bigger than mine, you know? Yeah, right. Yes, yeah. And <laughs> and that, let's just say from a woman's perspective, like, I appreciate her just being on screen, if you know what I mean. Like, being um, not your typical actress up there who a a lot of the expectation of women on screen is over the years you know there's been wonderful evolution in that where you see more and more just regular women that show up on screen and so to watch her I felt like I fell in love with her character and then to know that she's not going to be there anymore and again I won't get into all the side story but um 
I'm sure most people listening probably have seen it and have their own opinions. And that's, I think everyone's entitled to their own opinion about it. So I just in particular appreciated that she just, she looks different than a lot of other women. And I, I liked to see that personally. I was trying to find a report, but I think I heard that Lucasfilm came out and said that they were not going to recast Cara Dune. Oh, okay. I, so I I can't find that article that I read that, so I can't provide a source for my information, but I think I heard that somewhere. And, you know, that's probably the better way to go. Just start with somebody else so that there's not the baggage of, oh, I liked the other one better or, you know, one one of those where somebody is replaced and you always imagine what it would have been like with the other person who was there first. Right, yeah. So, Br- Bria, talking about recasting... How would you have felt if Sebastian Stan showed up portraying Luke Skywalker (laughs) in the last episode of The Mandalorian Season 2? Yeah, I heard something about like there was some kind of suggestion thrown out somewhere in social media like, hey, look how closely he resembles Luke Skywalker. And I think, did you guys talk about that also? We did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I did watch the new episode of uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon. Sorry, that's yeah. that's not what it's called. The Falcon and Winter Soldier. <laughs> and it wasn't until I watched that episode that I saw it. I saw his face in light of Luke Skywalker. And I just went, oh, I get it. I get what people are saying. <laughs> yeah, lighten up his hair a little bit. And uh, yeah. The CGI... I could let it slide, so I, f- I, I want to say that I would let that slide too if they had chosen to recast Luke Skywalker. I think there was enough buildup, like we saw the TIE Fighter, we saw the lightsaber and the green lightsaber, and we saw the gloved hand. So, I mean, all those clues as we were watching him fight... If the hood went back and it was Sebastian Stan as Luke Skywalker, yeah, I think I would have been okay with it. Well, I feel like if they had recast him, even with somebody that's semi-famous like Sebastian Stan, then we'd be like, oh, wow, he can come back all the time. Or or we could get a whole Luke Skywalker show now. Yeah. But the fact that it's a special effect that's going to be expensive every time they do it makes me think that we'll never see Luke again. Yeah, and that's, I don't know why you wouldn't want Luke to show up at different times. But then again, who knows? Like, I'm not sure what might be behind it all. I think the same, what you just said makes sense. Like, yeah, if we saw someone that could pass enough for Luke Skywalker, and then you just kind of can go with, okay, so Han Solo, I was fine with the guy who played Han Solo in the Solo movie. I thought he did great. I thought... Donald Glover was awesome as a young Lando. So, yeah, I think I would have been fine with it. What, what's his name, Rish? The guy that played Han? Uh, Alden something. Uh, Aaron, Aaron Reich? <laughs> That's correct. I yeah. didn't say it on purpose because I was going to butcher it. <laughs> well, I, I guess your mileage may vary. I read an interview, and I think we talked about this on the show years ago, but I read an interview with the girl with the three names that's on Stranger Things. I want to say Millie Bobby Brown is her name. And and they said, well, you know, how are you handling this success? What would you like to do next? And she said, what I would like to do is play young Princess Leia 
And I heard that and I was like, oh, somebody get her on the phone right now, right now <laughs> while she's still a kid. Oh, please. And I, 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 she's still, what, 16, 17, 18. She's still young enough she could be Princess Leia. But every year that goes by that they haven't cast her as young Princess Leia is another year of missed opportunity. It's like Disneyland being closed for a full year. Yeah, I I had not heard that she said that because, oh, I could see that. I could see her playing Princess Leia, totally. I saw her in that Sherlock Holmes thing, Enola Holmes, the other day. And the whole time I was watching, I was just like, (gasps) like from a certain angle, just like Sebastian Stan, when the light hit her just fine, I was was like, that's, look, just give her the giant. uh, The buns. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, the cinnamon buns on the side. Guys, please do it before she gets too old. Because, you know, Carrie was 19 when she did Star Wars. Yeah. And she was probably playing 20 or so. I think this girl could be 15, could be 16. I don't think that people would have such a hard time swallowing it because Carrie is gone. Right. You know, if you start when she's a girl then I, well, that's just me. I, I don't, there must be a reason why they're not doing that, but I would love to see. That's it. what I was going to ask if you or Marshall had heard, like, is there any kind of reason that Lucasfilm has come out and said, yeah, you know, Luke can have this little cameo, but we're not giving him a show. Like, why not give Luke a show with training Grogu? I would watch that show all day. Like the Grogu and Luke show. Hello. Yes, I would watch that. I, if that was the show coming out, I would be like, oh, maybe I'll get to Mandalorian next week because I'm watching Luke and Grogu. Like, I don't quite understand the reasoning behind why not have your cake and eat it too, maybe? I don't, that's kind of how I think about it. But do you have any idea or ha- has there been any? T- talk from people at Lucasfilm who are saying why we maybe need to move on from these characters or anything like that? No, not really. Part of it is that there's just so many darn shows. Eventually we'll get to the point, and we're there with Marvel, where every week you'll get a new Disney Plus show, a a new episode of a Disney Plus Marvel show. As soon as uh, Black Widow comes out, then you get Loki, and as soon as Loki's done, you get What If. And with Star Wars, it's going to be like that soon, too, where just every week... And so there's no reason they shouldn't say, well, we'll we'll do a couple with the characters that everybody loves. Besides, the whole internet went crazy when Luke showed up in that last episode. Yeah, yeah. And for the most part, it was positive feedback. People loved it, and they loved seeing this character that we love again so I, my guess is they'll they'll do the Obi Wan show, which is shooting right now, and they'll see how fans react to seeing Obi Wan again, to seeing Darth Vader again, and if people just love it, like I mean, I, I can't wait to see Vader again. I I just I because he's a guy in a mask, you never have to go. Oh, that he doesn't look right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. But but if people love it, then I I think they'll have to keep coming up with new shows because each one of these shows is just a one and done. I think Obi-Wan is only six episodes and then it's over and there's no plans to do a second season. Hmm. Okay. So we'll see. But boy, yeah, I I just I wanted to see a Princess Leia teenage 
Senator of Alderaan yeah, series. That would be so cool. And and speaking of the Luke's the the Luke Skywalker moment. So for you, your disappointment was was it mostly with the CGI or was it like other factors? Well, I I didn't love the episode as a whole, but I'm the only one and, and I, I'm okay with that. But I, my brain just wouldn't accept that it was Luke Skywalker. It just didn't look right to me. And I wish they had just kept him with the hood on or in the shadows or had Sebastian Stan yeah, step out. Yeah. But that's, that's just me. And I, I am hypersensitive to that for some reason. Uh, other people I talk to, it doesn't bother them. And I, I'm envious of that. But I, yeah, I, I worry... And of course, they're all millionaires, so who cares? But I worry that the ratings for season three are going to be way lower once you don't have that child there and that dynamic that's been there since the end of the first episode. Yeah. A lot of people, and I, that was something I wanted to ask you when we found out we were going to have you on the show is, is you know, will you continue to watch? And, and the answer is yes, but not with bated breath the same way. And I think there are probably people that just loved, you know, the guy walking around with a child, protecting a child. And once that child is gone, their reason for watching will go away. I could be wrong, but I, I don't think I am. I don't think you're wrong either. Um, and I've seen a lot of people so upset about the Gina Carano firing that they are like, well, I'm done with Disney Star Wars. I don't want any part of this anymore. And so I I think coupled those two things. Yeah, I it'll be interesting to see what actually happens, but I feel for John Favreau cuz he did create this incredible two-season, you know, uh show that really I think he did an awesome job with it. Yeah, I don't know how much Cara Dune would have been in the season three of Mandalorian, especially if she was doing her own show, but yeah, I don't think she would have been it at all. But I, what I've kind of noticed is people being so upset that, that that could be done to an actress the way that it was done, that they don't want to watch anymore, like any Disney star Wars. And I don't know. It's hard to gauge like how much, that will actually play out in reality or people just like letting everybody know they're mad. I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll just have to see what happens there. The other thing that I worry about is that the show is fairly adult and fairly violent, but they had this very funny child friendly character in every episode, which was Grogu. And I worry that without that element, without a comic relief element or something to attract the kids, they're going to lose a segment of the population there as well that don't just want to see people catch on fire and blow up and shoot each other. You really do always have to have new kids with every single Star Wars project because it started out made for kids. And as we get older and older, uh, they have to keep bringing in new kids and so maybe he'll have like a droid sidekick. Maybe he'll have something else like that. I can't see there being anything funny in Book of Boba Fett. 
Yeah, that I I wanted to ask both of you is it only four episodes? Yeah, they're just going to do the do the four. I'm sure they have certain things set aside that they wanted to accomplish with that or they had an idea of the structure that they needed, but I'm not quite sure where that show is going to go other than obviously it's going to have Fennec Shand in there and it'll be at least start on Tatooine, but well, we'll see. I mean, how old is is Luke? Is your your son? He's three. So three is probably too young to watch Mandalorian, right? Yeah, <laughs> we haven't had him watch it. But you do always want an R two D two or a BB eight or a, did the pre- prequels? I guess had Jar Jar. Uh, something that the, the the young people can latch onto and that makes them laugh. I guess the 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 prequels had a child Anakin too, which would have been really nice if you were eight or something like that when that movie came out. But your point is well made. Like, how are they going to top Grogu? I don't know if they can. <laughs> I'm guessing they're going to find a way to bring him back, but I don't know how they would do that if. He's supposed to be with Luke, but. Well, we'll see a year from now. Yeah. Well, I think we've been going a little bit over an hour, so we should probably wrap this up. But thanks, Bria, for coming on again. And yeah, thank you. We need to let you go off and get some sleep. <laughs> thank you. This this was worth it. <laughs> I uh, uh-huh. I'm happy to have been part of the conversation and just be able to, first of all, learn from you guys. I, another confession is that I did not do great on Gino's trivia. I, I did okay, but <laughs> it, it just made me go, yeah, I <laughs> there's a lot that I really don't know. So it's helpful to listen to you guys talk about oh. stuff. So I feel like I learned stuff <laughs> that I don't know about and going on in the background and even just getting the information about what's coming next and and having a toddler I don't have a, a lot of spare time to look up a lot of those things so it, it's nice to be able to catch up on the podcast and be like okay what's going on with in Star Wars land and and you guys fill me in <laughs> well that's great to hear I, I I like to know that somebody likes the show and uh, we asked Gino to make it super hard he did wow yeah it was it was hard (laughs) and he's mentioned a time or two uh do you want do we want to have him back and do it again and so so we will do it sometime soon it's just uh well you know how it is i mean he is what was it 10 hours ahead of us marshall yeah or no more than that like 18 or something 18 hours ahead okay yeah. And you, yeah, you were two hours ahead, so it's one thirty for you. Yeah, uh, it's just it's really weird when he's not even on the same day as we are. Right. Yeah. yeah but... Well, thank you guys. This was a lot of fun. And if any of you guys want to join in on the show, uh, you can uh, send us an email at journeyintopodcast at gmail dot com, or you can call the voicemail line like Bria has done and. That number is 77JINTO107. And if you'd like to support us here on the podcast, you can go over to Patreon, uh, which is uh, patreon.com forward slash journey into. Join us over there. You can get started at just $1 a month. 
We'd love to have your support. Um, if not, we'd love to hear from you and um, hope you enjoy the show. All right. I have been Rich Outfield. And I have been Marshall Latham. Do I sign out also? <laughs> sure. <laughs> and I'm Bria Burton. Good Never night, everybody. And may odds. the force. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I didn't know whose turn it was to come up with a quote, so I said, never tell me the odds. <laughs> May the force be with you. Good night. The Delusions of Grandia podcast was produced by the Creative Commons side of the force. The force? Well, the force is what gives a podcast its power. It's a license created by all living shows. You can download it Share it. Feel it flowing through you. But if you take credit for it, or try to sell it, then you have been seduced by the dark side, and will become more machine now than man. Or woman. Thank you, young Luke. Sure, if you believe the Empire propaganda, <laughs> propaganda, say hello to Mara Hassal. <laughs> I guess I never thought about how to say that. Well, let's ask her. How do you say your last name, Mara? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Hosal. I'll just say it that way. Say hello to Mara Hosal, everybody. And I forgot that I had done this. I wrote a little disclaimer, and you can use it or not. It's up to you. You will not, <laughs> this this is the disclaimer. You will not hurt my feelings if you edit out anything that I say. And what I mean is, like, if I say something that just doesn't work on your podcast or fit with what you're trying to do, that's fine. That's like a genuine, you're not going to hurt my feelings. But that said, I don't really want my words to get mishmashed and edited to where I end up saying something like I support the dark side or long live the Sith <laughs> or dank Farrick or anything crazy or offensive. So I know you you have your brand and I'm trying to honor what you guys are trying to do. So I thought I would throw in a little disclaimer. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay, good. And, and you foiled my plans. Okay, yes. So, but I, I legitimately... <laughs> Do mean that too. Like if you have to edit out something because you're like, eh, we don't really want to talk about that. That's fine. Um, and do we know what dank ferric means? Because I genuinely do not know what that means. <laughs> but they say it a lot on Mandalorian. I'll also tell you I, my story, but I was just curious if you guys knew. I missed I missed the, the word, the term. Oh, on Mandalorian. It's like, a, it must be like a curse, but they say dank ferric. Hmm. Have you have you caught that one? I think he... I've missed out on that. <laughs> okay, so every once in a while, Mandalorian will say that, and I think other characters have said it. Have you heard that, Rish? <laughs> I haven't. I I googled it when you said it, and uh, yeah, he said it multiple times, and it just sounds like some exclamation that uh, they they say in the Star Wars universe. Okay. Um, yeah, huh. I didn't know if there was some novel that explained what it meant so okay dink ferric dink ferric dink ferric dink ferric my monkey